I just had a um, sniff. <laughs> Not a sniff. <laughs> just like a nibble. No, I just had a... Snifter. No, I just had a sip. A sip. Today's episode is slightly different. What do we call this? Sleepover? A huddle. A, a huddle. A this is more like a team huddle. Down to... Down to... Down south. Southwest. Southwest. Hi, I'm Kieran. Welcome to the Velocino podcast. Awesome. That was, that was good. good. Always professional. Yeah, I want to open one now. Yes. There we go. Yeah, this, this will all work. We will have a beer open, that's good. So what do we have? At the moment, for our taste test, we have Beck's Blue, uh, Nanny State from Brewdog, sort of a hoppy ale, but alcohol-free. And then from the local place, from Wendover, we have... What's this? How do you describe this? What's it called, Kieran? It's called Kombucha. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but you're right, it's brewed in Wendover. Isn't it Kombucha? Quite possibly. Could be Kombucha, but it's uh, what we have is three different flavours. We've got Smokehouse, Dry Dragon, and which one's that one? Royal Flush. Royal Flush. But Kombucha is not beer. It just... Well, no, it's not beer. It's also not beer. It's not beer, but it's made from... So this one's made from uh, notes of citrus and green tea... So uh, what, what are we thinking so far? What do we think to the... Uh, so the Bex is, is my normal firm favourite. What are we thinking to the Nanny State then, Niels? Well, ale is like flat lager, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably giving giving the uh, British hop ale to the German was probably not the best mm. idea. But um, And Kieran, what do you reckon to wh- whichever flavour it is that you've got? So I've gone for, for Smokehouse. Um, it's pretty good. So Kieran, do you just want to say a quick hello and just introduce yourself? I'm Kieran. I live in Wendover and uh, known Neil since he moved to Wendover and love to ride my bike, especially cyclocross. Excellent. I think we're going to come on to cyclocross a little bit later. But the first thing we're going to ask about in terms of stepping up was your trip down uh, to the South Coast. You did something that I think a lot of people say they're going to do, but don't actually take that step to, no, exactly to have right. the adventure. I was exactly the same, like something I always wanted to do. But when do we ever have the time to do these <laughs> things? So, so the planets are aligned and uh, suddenly I I had three days where uh, my partner D was away, my son was away, and I thought, Ray, I'm taking it, I'm seizing this opportunity. Jumped on a train to Penzance, headed down to Land's End, and then spent the next three days cycling back. And wh- where did you stay when you were sort of on the route? Well, I wanted to travel light. I guess you could say I took the easy option. I had a hotel the first night, an Airbnb the second night, a shepherd's hut the third night, and I was back home by, you know, three days later. Shepherd's hut. So, could you describe like the shepherd's hut? Because mm. I've kind of got the idea that there's like n- no roof and it's like four walls and uh, it literally is a, a hut on wheels. Um, Wood burning stove on the inside. Very basic but beautiful. Wow. So, how did you uh, go about plan? I mean, obviously booking an Airbnb, we were allowed to do that, and booking the hotel. But how did you book the shepherd's hut on the way back? Was that through a, a website? So, um, yeah. It, well, it was also on Airbnb. Oh, right. the, the, the thing with planning the route is I, is I essentially had three days to get back to Wendover and, and I knew a couple of key areas that I definitely wanted to get to and that kind of shaped where I stayed um, yeah so okay. Shepherd's Hut Corfe Castle it was, a, it was the perfect place for you know before the last leg back to Wendover oh, excellent so do you want to take us through the day so, what do you, so first day you, you've got down to Land's End and you'd start on your way back so, so what was the kind of route that you took I left work on the, uh, on the, on the Thursday afternoon 
got on the train. I had actually arrived down at Penzance quite late on, but it was a really beautiful kind of starry night, you know, 15, 20 miles down to, to Land's End. Uh, country lanes, if you ever go to Land's End in the summer, it's teeming with people, yes. teeming with cars. Towards the end of April, I did not see a single car on that ride. Beautiful. <laughs> So uh, I had a good night in the hotel, and uh, ne- next morning, straight along the north coast of Cornwall, up to everyone I know, St Ives. Yeah. Beautiful spot. A really rugged coastline. Uh, you know, an inspiring place to start a long bike ride. The other thing about the West Country is it's riddled with uh, inlets, water inlets, uh, very hilly. Very hilly. So the uh, character of this ride was jumping on lots of tiny ferries across the, the inlets, actually made for the planning uh, to be quite difficult because some of these ferries are, are irregular. I'd have a couple of key timings of the irregular ferries. Right, so you had to kind of like make it to the... Otherwise you'd be waiting like a couple of hours before you could get into the ferry. Not necessarily oh, a couple of hours, but you know, an hour or so. But it makes a difference when you're catching mm. three or four of these things. Uh, on the first couple of days, three or four of these things to catch. And, um, you know, still on limited daylight. What did you use to plan it? Was it kind of a, a mix of... I mean, did you just open the Strava app and do a, a map or... Yeah, or so... Go for it. That's a, a good question because this this was a new a new approach for me. Is uh, you know I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I love maps, etc. But it all came back to wanting to travel light. The whole navigation was done on a, a Garmin Edge, right? With planning the routes on Strava routes, but uh, you know really taking the time to compare. I'm sure everyone's fallen foul of uh, taking a Strava routes map uh, route. You go out on your road bike and suddenly you find your trail riding. So I took a lot of time <laughs> comparing what Strava routes was suggesting to um, to what was on the OS maps. Oh, right. uh, but then all the navigation was just done on the Garmin Edge, and it worked a treat. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Why did you decide to cycle in England? Often a lot of people say when they find some time for themselves that they rather try and go cycling overseas in Spain where it's warmer. You know, Nils, for me, there's, there's an appeal about something being only a bike ride away. This ride really emphasised and brought that home for me. 100 miles away, the world is a different place. The the atmospherics, the landscape, the sky at night, it's, it's just got a totally different feel. I'm really familiar with the West Country. It's just something I always wanted to do. So, well, My favourite village in, in the UK is a place called uh, Corsan, down on uh, the Rain Peninsula in Corsan. Cornwall. Absolutely beautiful. This is a place where the streets are too narrow for cars. Uh, the ocean laps on the uh, on the front of the you know the front of the pub. It's just a stunning place. Is this where you cycled along? Well, it's where I spent the first night. It's just absolutely beautiful place. What kind of bike did you use? Oh, you know my, my first passion in cycling is cyclocross. So I use a cyclocross bike, but I put some some slick. I think you got the same tires, the Panaracer um, Gravel Kings. Yeah, fantastic. Good. Yeah, so I went for quite wide ones, 38 mil wide, tubeless, yeah. so very comfortable, but very fast. Um, and they were the perfect tyre for doing road, very fast on, on, on the smooth roads, but they could also handle uh, you know, disused uh, cycleways, um, railway paths, you know, proper off-road. Um, and then I went for lightweight bike packing bags. I just had two bags, actually, one under the handlebars and a, a frame pack. That, that was it. Did, did you struggle with a frame pack? Did it somehow interfere with your pedal stroke or with your knees? No, I, I'm someone that is very uh, particular about the bike. I cannot stand any noises or rattles. If they fit properly, you know, they're, they're the perfect solution for going fast and feeling unhindered. So most probably you will never cycle on any bikes of mine because they're always rattling. Your bikes are always rattling, though. They're <laughs> oh, breaking mate. down. <laughs> mate, if... if, if. <laughs> It just makes me itch riding next to you sometimes. You just... <laughs> no, so I, I came on your maiden voyage of the 
the, the, the steel road bike, I think your crank arm <laughs> fell off <laughs> on that ride. The left side. In my defense, I just want to mention, <laughs> this was my birthday ride, and I wanted to get this bike ready, so I only had like two hours after work, build a whole bike together. And I just forgot to tighten the screw, so I, <laughs> I remember we were cycling a little bit, all of a sudden I had like the crank hanging off my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> So it came off, it literally came off, stuck to your shoe. It was yeah. definitely a case of Vorsprung, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. It was a bit embarrassing, but yeah. Well, talking of mechanical, did you did you have any mechanicals or anything like that on the on the ride? No, it, it, it was it was yeah. good all the way. A bit of uh, maybe a bit of front derailleur niggles. I'm going off front derailleurs, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Apart from that, the bike was absolutely fine. If somebody said to me, going to ride all the way from Land's End back to, to where we live up here in the Chilterns, you'd think, hey, that's, that's a proper epic ride. But you managed to achieve that in three days. And yeah. okay, the mileages are pretty big. I mean, 140, I think, was your longest yeah. day. But it's, it's doable, isn't it? What a lovely uh, way to spend three days. You know what? Uh, I think anyone can do it. The pace that you're riding at, you don't realise the mileage you're covering. Yeah. You're just trooping along, enjoying the, the views. Uh, as long as you keep yourself fueled and, um, you know, you, you stay off the beers like we're doing tonight uh, <laughs> in the evening, you know, you're good to go. You'll be uh, amazed how far uh, literally anyone of any fitness can actually achieve in one day. So yeah. how did you fuel yourself? Sports mixture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kieran, Kieran has uh, fortunately brought us in this evening his some of his... Uh, his fuel for the for the evening, which was a big pack of uh, no, what was it? Barrett's sports mixture. It's basic, oh Maynard's uh, sports mixture. It's essentially wine gums, but in the shape of sports. Yeah, I mean, we we, we joke about it, but actually, I find them fantastic. They're as long as you're having your three square meals and lots of hydration en route, topping yourself up with these little uh, you know, sugar bursts uh, continually through the day and between meals. It works for me. It might, it might not pass muster with a sports nutritionist, but it works for me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, look, I, I have to say, as, we, as we're chatting, I think I've, I've, I've finished off the Beck's uh, alcohol-free beer, which was uh, very good, Beck's Blue, and I think I'm going to move myself onto the Nanny State now. So yeah, um, hang on. There we Ooh. go. Right, I'm just going to move on to this one. Uh, do you want to, actually, Kieran, do you want to try that can? Yeah, that I'll one. Try. Thank Shall you. I give you two straws? <laughs> mate you can have that one I will uh, there's another one in the fridge that I will dig out in a sec let me just grab it and then we can carry on your facial impression show is disapproved it's pretty good it's pretty good it's not as good as the real McCoy i.e. the punk IPA but no. but, uh, but it's good it's good though it's not bad it's not bad do you, do, do you, are you going to finish I'm, I'm off gonna your I'm going to stick one? to the, uh, the, 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 the kombucha good man. kombucha I don't know <laughs> I just like thought have mm. you tasted this I've actually tried I, that one in the... Uh, oh, number two pound street. Mm. Oh, that's, a, hey, that's where we always do our coffee stop. Ah. It's really good. The, the Mary Berry flapjack is out of this world. I always, stop, I always stop off at Musette. That's the one that's... Yeah. For me, but I always come in that direction. Musette. Oh, yeah, like, but in Wendover... In Wendover, this one works. Wendover needs a Musette. Yeah, it does. Yeah, maybe thought... they spin out another branch or so. We were um, the last episode we recorded was actually in Musette. Brilliant, it's a really fantastic place. Yeah, Thanks yeah. for the coffee again. Hey, no worries, mate. And the pizza. And the pizza. You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kieran, we've been. So the, the trip was absolutely fantastic, and talking as well about uh, your personal fitness and what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think you're, you're more than just the average cyclist, let's put it that way. So do you want to just uh, just describe some of the cycling that you've done and the kind of comp- competitions that you, you get involved with? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm a competitive person. It's just my, my nature. And I guess I've always liked to, uh, to dabble in you know, mountain bike racing in the early days. And as I've got older, got a bit into road biking. I was, uh, it must have been 2009, I bought my first cyclocross bike. And at the time I was living in Rutland. It's great road biking country, not great mountain biking country. And there's, there's actually quite a few trails there. But again, not, not well suited to, to mountain bike. So that, that's where I started cyclocross. Um, the, the other beauty with moving into cyclocross racing was... Yeah, you could use all the skills from when I learned mountain biking on rigid mountain bikes. And uh, had my son, uh, he's almost age nine. The races are short. We're talking max length, one hour. So uh, in terms of training, it makes training a lot easier and you can remain competitive. And what's what's the league like? So for the cyclocross, I, I assume it's a... Uh... Is, is it a marked pitch on a field? Is it going through woods? Is it, what other kind of tracks are they that you, you race on? Yeah, the, the best way to describe it is uh, imagine if you're going down to the local park with all your mates and you're racing a bit along the tarmac, maybe over the grass, maybe you're going to jump up some big curbs and uh, quickly splash through the muddy poles around a couple of trees. Bombing uh, sh- around with your mates. Short course racing, excellent for spectators. It's just good fun. One hour racing with 200 heart rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Going absolutely flat out. And so, so I understand that you've taken, you've been in a league and taken it quite seriously for the last few years? Yeah, for the past couple of years. I, I've been dabbling in the racing, like I say, almost 10 years. But uh, I guess three years ago, I thought, okay, I'm going to give this a proper go. and really knuckled down on the training uh, and, and had some reasonably good success, yeah. It sounds like a great step into having some fun, one-hour races, bombing yeah. around the woods. So what is it? what kind of leagues are there out there that people can get involved with? So there's a huge regional emphasis in cyclocross. Uh, our local league uh, in sort of Buckinghamshire is the central region cyclocross league. That spreads from just about the M4 corridor in the south up to around about, uh, let's say, I don't know, uh, Northampton um, and then over to the A1 corridor in the east. The great thing is there's never a too long a journey. You know, the biggest journey you're going to be doing to a race uh, in that league from Wendover at least is an hour. Yeah. It's fantastic in, in that regard. Very accessible. It's done by age categories and it's it's open to everyone. Done by age categories? Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> hoping... I think they, there was a novice category but they scratched it, right? I think you have to straight... So, some leagues have a novice category but but the idea is it's all inclusive so so in you know in if, if you do the vet race there'll be yeah. from national level races down to first timers there's generally space for everyone and it's all um, organized by by the local clubs and some of them really step up as well yeah. um if you look at velo vans as an example um what they organize they take it to the next level they've written it all over them like that they want to um, make cyclocross even more fun than it is already yeah, so cyclocross is not just about the racing, it's about making it yeah. a spectacle. You know, like you mentioned the Velo Bands race up at Milton Keynes. And what they're trying to do is bring bring Bel- the Belgium cyclocross culture to the UK. You know, um, trying to attract spectators for the, for the sake of spectating. Bringing catering, beer, fun, uh, music, you know, whatever you can, just to make it a spectacle of event where the cyclocross racing is the focus. Do you actually have got a... A friend who was uh, taking photos at the World Cyclocross yeah. Championships last year, 
and uh, he showed me a video from one of the the beer tents and it was uh, absolutely astounding the you could not tell if he was at a rock festival or if he was actually at a cyclocross race because you whilst the cyclocross race was going out just before the racing started yeah. The singing, the chanting, everyone just seemed to be having a good time. It's great if they're going to try and replicate that in the UK. The masses of people at the races aren't the fit athletes racing. It's the people that are going, that would otherwise go and watch a football match in the UK, that would otherwise go and watch you know, a rugby game. They're going to the cyclocross in, in Belgium. And I was just wondering, when it comes to cyclocross, if people want to take that step up and have a go at cyclocross, any advice you've got on training that they should be looking at to get themselves ready for it? It's not just about the time spent on the bike. Your head's got to be in the right space and you've actually got to want to do it. Uh, if you're not having fun, you're not going to be successful. If you don't want to succeed, you're not going to su- succeed. And that definitely underpins my training on the bike. One of the uh, regular features in my week is the Sunday run with Velo Club Train. Uh, it's fast, you know, two and a half hours at 23, 24 miles per hour. It's brilliant. And the weekday rides with Team Velocino? <laughs> There's always time in my diary for a team ride with Team Velocino. And this comes about about having a good time. And uh, we're always having a good time. Yeah, I already mentioned one of the appeals for me in cyclocross is that you can keep yourself relatively competitive on uh, perhaps less training than, you know, doing Sunday road race, you know, weekend road racing through the summer simply because of the duration of the races. I mean, typically building up to the season, I'm trying to fit 10 hours per week. But lots of short, sharp intervals on top of, you know, some base miles tends to set me in pretty good stead. There's also got to be an emphasis on technique. Ultimately, what cross comes down to is maintaining that flow through the technical sections. If you can maintain the flow, keep your momentum, keep your average speed up, you know, you're going to be getting ahead. It's, it's about getting to the bottom of the steps and not slowing down to get up the steps. The guys that are winning are the guys that are just moving at a steady speed all the way around. And I guess if you get good at cyclocross, it must be also helping your other disciplines of the sport as well, whether it's road riding or if it's mountain biking. It must also, you must see a difference as well in that. Yeah, absolutely. It gives, it gives you amazing bike handling skills, amazing confidence on the bike. It's in a safe environment. It's away from the traffic. It doesn't hurt when you crash because generally you're going very slowly. It does really bring on your skills. I'm really tempted to have a go at this then in the next cyclocross league as it comes up. When does it? When does the league kind of start then, Kieran? Well, they've, they've just been publishing the calendar and um, the league kicks off on the 14th of September um, up at Milton Keynes Bowl and it proceeds pretty relentlessly through to uh, end of January. Uh, last race on the Central League is 26th of Jan at St Albans. Well, that's going to be great to have as a winter focus for anybody who wants to keep their training up and momentum through winter to to get involved with their local cyclocross league. Definitely. Also, you know, for people that are not as fast like us, as an example, um, (laughs) what I thought or what I heard that is really appealing is that you do laps, right? Even if you get sped out at the back, you will never be alone. You know, like you are always somewhere Ah. in the race. This is... um, to a lot of people, this is a big blocker. When you enter a race and you do everything on your own, it's it's so much more painful mentally, right? Yeah. But when you're in a race on laps and you're just somewhere in the field, it's so much more interesting. It's, it's a really good point, Nils, because uh, the laps are typically you know, anything between five and nine nine minutes per lap. There's, there isn't this, this thin of being dropped like in a road race. 
you know, like like you say, you, you you're racing the people around you. This reminds me of coming to watch Niels do some crit racing up at uh, uh, fairly recently and Bobbington uh, Bomber. the Bovington Bomber, and uh, I'm not quite sure what happened, but that the group kind of went off slightly ahead of you. But um, I still slightly. remember. I still remember as they were coming up behind you, you were screaming at the photographer to take the photo now, as it looked like you were leading out this massive group of cyclists. It was oh, brilliant. Oh, it's just brutal, and you just end up in no man's land. It's just like, and you're cycling all alone, and uh, you, you can't keep up with the people ahead of you, and you feel people are coming back and controlling up to you, and you just keep try to keep it on distance, but you won't, you will be eaten up, and oh, but I will do it again. Do it again. <laughs> well, that's just it, we can just keep doing it, that's the only way we get better. Exactly. Well, cool, thanks, Kieran, that was really insightful. I, I hope it helps um, a couple of people that want to get into cyclocross, or are considering on racing cyclocross to have a first idea. The Central Cyclocross League, do they have some kind of like website, or are they on Facebook? It's all on Facebook, Nils. Um, Is it Central Cyclocross League? Central Cyclo-Cross League. Yeah, so if you have any interest in um, cyclocross, or you could imagine like trying to race, just um, join this league. Um, most probably if you're from another area from another district um you will find another or you find your league as well online so uh don't be shy just get in and uh, get involved so uh, you know how to get involved uh any questions any ideas any feedback send it out through to all of us any huge criticism send it to niels any uh, high at fives Mike at velocino.com <laughs> any uh, any high fives or saying how great we're doing just send it all to mike at velocino.com so how are we doing with the beer tasting then gentlemen um, um, we've done nanny state we've done beck's blue we've had uh, <laughs> these are uh, the kombucha ones we're now on to what's the latest one kieran dry dragon dry dragon uh i've yes i've had that one before myself what, what are we thinking is of this these from guys? Wales? no it's from wendover well, i thought it Dry Dragon. The Royal Flush, that sounds very Vendorbian. Yeah, that sounds like it's from, that's from, actually it sounds like it's from Windsor Toilet, doesn't it? Let's face it. But uh, it probably tastes a lot different. So, so what are we thinking? What, what has been the winner so far for this evening's uh, tasting for the non-alcoholic beer of the year? The prize goes to, I'm going to have a quick taste of this one. What do we reckon, guys? The kombucha works for me. Mm. It's, it's good. Yeah, I, I think the kombucha is definitely going ahead and... <laughs> There's something it's not like having a coke or something there's there's something more yeah. uh, something more sophisticated more alluring about it yeah <laughs> yeah I, I like the royal flush okay it's really good okay so neil says royal flush kieran's going for, oh, I'll go for dry dragon dry dragon and i'm going for nanny state so uh after our evening of testing different beers we've come to the conclusion that because you brought it they're all good <laughs> this is my favorite it's still my favorite oh, okay. anyway okay Thanks everyone for listening. We had a lot of fun today. This was a slightly different episode than usual with a lot of alcohol-free beer and kombucha testing. If you enjoyed this show, just send us an email. We need your feedback on podcast.vilocino.com or on Twitter on VilocinoPDCST. Also, if you're listening on Apple, please leave a review. It would be much appreciated. Thanks everybody. This has been the Velocino Podcast. Get out on your bikes and create some more stories. <laughs> 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 <laughs>